0: to balling in the six we are finally returning after three month hiatus just in time for the nba season and we've got a lightning quick fire prediction podcast right in your eardrums Burrell, welcome back. It's been a long summer and like all NBA players, or at least in your case, D2 British college basketball players, we've all put on 50 pounds of muscle, developed to three and managed to hone our post game.
1: (laughs) I wish that was the case. What's up, people? It's been a long summer. It's um, really nice to be back and... um... To basically give the viewers a clarification as to why we've been away, because I feel like we owe them that. Do you not think, about?
0: No, I don't think we owe them anything. When there's no basketball being played, we are not needed. We uh, does, are the, 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 one... the superheroes of podcasting. We come only when we are most required, and that is the NBA season, which starts next week.
1: Yes, this is true. Not... Getting paid for this? This is uh, just a shout out to potential sponsors. We are, I repeat, we are not getting paid for this podcast. I mean,
0: you're you're not getting paid for this. I mean, don't talk for all the <laughs>
1: hosts of the podcast. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm glad to to know we have an equal partnership here, Kamel.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's why you're temporary co-host and not on a staffing <laughs> contract. Well, as as we said, NBA starts next week, and so this time. Our first episode back, we thought we'd do a lightning preview of teams we think will pique our interest. Of course, we're a Raptors podcast, but if ratings are anything to go by, if statistics are anything to go by, the Raptors aren't going to finish anywhere near the championship this season. What do you think, bro?
1: Yeah, the Raptors don't exist. Um, and it'll really show itself when we see how little Drake goes to our games next year.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, Drake hasn't, has been a bit of a bandwagon fan, which is fair enough. But on the Raptors themselves, the squad, of course, lost. I mean, we'd already talked about the loss of Kawhi. The loss of Danny Green was really big, because even without Kawhi, having a shooting guard as reliable on both ends of the floor as Danny Green, I think would have proved very useful, because, of course, the likes of Lowry have stayed, Gasol and... Uh, sort of his extra year. So he's staying as well. We've kept Ibaka. OG and Anubi's coming back. Siakam is staying and there's rumours of him getting an extension. Van Vliet, who was the hero of the finals, is staying. And of course, the Raptors have also brought in Paulus Jefferson and Stanley Johnson. These are, of course, two quite low-risk, high-ceiling kind of yeah, moves here. Definitely. So, arguably, a coach like Nick Nurse could develop them at least maybe into a fourth-seed team. They are definitely not challenging for those top three seeds. Philly and the Bucks have pretty much got them on lock. And I think one of the Celtics or the Pacers, or maybe even someone like Miami, is going to take that third seed. I think, however, though, they can get a mid-seed regular season finish, perhaps then go out in a, sec- a respectable second-round exit. And I think Raptors fans will be happy with that. Because as I said, when we won the championship... You know that'll that'll do me. That'll do us for the next twenty five years.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're fine. We're fine now. Yeah, you're just basking in that eternal glory. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I don't have much to add. However, I have a slight disagreement in terms of um, your projection. Um, I would have said with Danny Green, um, fourth seed. I think it's a very fair position because, again, if you look at the starting lineup, um, really it would be just OG replacing Kawhi, and I think for OG to get that larger role um, might actually benefit him hugely anyway so if he did have Danny there I think um, I think minimum uh, the Raptors are probably seed again with his experience his championship experience so um, and playoff experience that is so I think yeah without Danny Green who would you be looking to start would it be more of a, a Lowry and Van Vliet pairing that we sometimes saw in the playoffs
0: That would be extremely risky because you've got two undersized
1: guards there. And those are only point guards because,
0: of course, the Raptors got rid of Delon Wright last season. Who do you sort of bring in? You can't really bring in a Jody Meeks, really, to be your backup point point guard. That would, again, leave you very sort of undersized there. So I think you've kind of got a role for the likes of Norman Powell there. And this could be a big year for him. And it would be very interesting, of course, because... He hasn't really had the chance to start. He's had a few games now and then. However, I think with the team that we have, and, you know, you've got the likes of Gasol, you've got three-point shooters in Lowry, OG and and even now Siakam, maybe a slasher like Norman Powell could actually be a decent addition. Of course, he's had issues with consistency in the past, but in general you can't really argue that Norm isn't an NBA starting caliber player. He's just obviously had the likes of DeRozan and Danny Green ahead of him in recent times.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: That might be decent. Well, that's the that's the Raptors. Um, Any other teams in the East that maybe pique your interest towards the top or the bottom?
1: Well, um, we've already um, gone uh, to some detail in depth about Philly. um, And I don't think there's much more that needs to be said I was extremely pessimistic on my outlook for their prospects I mean um, with everyone heralding them as like the locked in first seed I don't I don't see that uh, to be the case yes they may get the first seed um, stats website
0: they have Philly as having the best record in the whole of the NBA they predict Philly will go 58 and 24
1: ridiculous ridiculous
0: who are themselves
1: eight games ahead of the Celtics, apparently. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can, see that. Um, just because uh, we're still waiting to see if uh, Jalen and um, Jason have their, not to call them their breakout years, because those have already been and gone, but to see if um, they can live up to the star potential that they showed in this playoffs two years ago.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, the Pacers with Oladipo being, you know, recovering, they might be
1: yeah.
0: a bit of a danger.
1: Well, they if Oladipo had been healthy, well, awful i you...
0: a team so boring and clunky. But they were, <laughs>
1: good yeah. In terms of the paces, I wanted to ask you a question there, Kamel. If we saw a healthy Oladipo from the start of the season, how highly would you project them?
0: well they could challenge for the third seed because it's open now after Philly and the Bucks the, the third seed is fully open in the East you've got of course as we discussed as you said the Celtics you've got likes of Miami maybe the Nets once Durant comes back but um the third place is open I think with a healthy Oladipo and the way the Pacers play they're coached brilliantly they play some brilliant basketball I think they can make third
1: yeah um and see if if they'd had a healthy Oladipo I'd go further I'd I'd say second seed is a possibility with the Bucks going first again some might call that blasphemous um to bear in mind of course the best player in the NBA uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic or Bogdan Bogdanovic of course he's no longer with the Pacers um which is why the Utah Jazz are currently the best team in the West but um despite that um yeah, that they're just they've been such a solid rosters for years, and I actually wanted to um, touch on again something you said there. You brought up the Miami Heat. Now that intrigues me because for me, I'm not even sure, maybe seventh or eighth seed. I'm, I'm not even sure they're like locked in uh, playoff contenders.
0: Well, statistically, they're set to finish fifth in the East. According to Who are these
1: analysts? Is this coming from yourself?
0: This is coming from five thirty eight. Five thirty eight, of course, is a um, Obama-supporting stat site, and I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> it's yeah, quite a weird course. way to put that. Yeah. Sport- Sporting, of course, it doesn't matter, uh, but they, they, they rank the Heat pretty highly. They think they have an 81% chance of making the playoffs, and that, of course, is primarily down to three players. Jimmy buckets of course who is just brilliant. Honestly, he's still one of my favorite players in the NBA and one of the fav, yeah, one of the yeah, players yeah, I've had yeah. the brilliant opportunity to see live. Justice Winslow who actually really impressed last season as a point guard, right? He's a small forward normally, but he played point guard quite a lot for the um for the Heat last year and he really really impressed especially in my fantasy team. And then you've got the development of Bam Adebayo who He's a very underrated centre, especially
1: on defence. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's underrated on defence. I think, yeah, he's just underrated overall, maybe. Um, But, um, yeah, you make some excellent points. But um, one, so one reason I have against them is um, if Josh Richardson is as uh, good as people say he is, um, he's the supposedly... uh, what do you call it? The poor man's Jimmy Butler, who's gone to Philly. Yeah, that should be a big loss for a team loss uh, for a team like that. A young, well, he's no longer young, but you know, a guy who is potentially going to um, fulfill like semi superstar potential. So to have a loss like that in the offseason, I think, is, should be huge. Well, secondly, listen, the heat yeah,
0: finish. On. Let me let me interrupt you. the Heat yeah. finished very very close to eighth seed last year. Yes. They have the moves they have made. They have traded a young, talented Josh Richardson for Jimmy freaking buckets. If that's not an improvement on their current standings, if that's not going to launch them, then I don't think anything will. I I can't see them falling falling further. And let me tell you something, Morale, Stephen A. Let me tell you something. Who else in the East, except for the likes of the Magic, maybe? Has got a lock on those lower playoff seats. Who has helped? got them locked up,
1: Stephen? Burrell, sorry. Yes. Before we get to the other team, because of course that is important. Listen, 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 listen. When it comes to Jimmy Butler, the only phrase that comes to mind that just encapsulates that man, um, maybe is a rather literary phrase. It's rather poetic, but uh, the winter of our discontent. Wherever this man goes, he sows seeds of. Uh, there's a lack of cohesion. There's a lack of mutual respect among squad mates. For whatever reason, um, every team he's gone to, he, he he hasn't seemed to significantly improve them. We look at Chicago. We see him go to Timberwolves after the Seventy ers didn't definitely didn't live up to their potential. Well. You can argue going seven games is in itself an achievement, but they had four all-stars on that team. To the champions, I, and Jimmy Butler was the most dangerous player in at least three of those games. I, this is not no knock against him as an individual player. It's just we look at his track record and it's somebody like um, a, any man who has that level of talent who hasn't won. You start to question, like, hopefully we'll come to Harden and Westbrook later. You start to question whether he brings the right, I guess, intangibles to a locker room.
0: You know what? I think that's going to be a question very hotly posed in our next episode coming this week, which in which we will lock in our predictions for next season. Now, though, I think the bottom of the East is probably the most boring thing in the world with the likes of the Pistons and the Pistons. at least No, no, season. Pistons
1: aren't the bottom of the East. Come on. Okay, okay, they're going
0: to be around 10th seed. I mean, come on. Oh. I like Blake Griffin, but it's just oh, Dwayne Casey. You see kind that of three
1: point sp- shot? You see that three-point shot?
0: Oh, he's developed a three along with Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball, I hear. <laughs> so, um, what I'm saying is, Let's move on to the West, and now you're gonna get burst dibs on your most interesting team to watch.
1: Oh don't say- now the way you've just posed that. Don't say- no 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 no. See, um, the only team I care about in that division is the Utah Jazz, but I don't think any <laughs> sane man maybe I'm not sane, but I don't think any sane man could claim that going to be the most interesting team to watch.
0: Uh, I mean, Mike Conley was a brilliant ad. I think that was very, very good business. Even the likes of Ed Davis as a
1: backup. Two, really words, back. two words, Bojan Bogdanovic. He's the, undisputably, the best player in the NBA. Conley, that? That squad is like, yeah, the whole West. Actually, you, you talk about the West and just how ridiculously stacked it is. I, I don't think despite all the top heaviness we've seen uh, with the West in like 10 seasons past and how they've dominated the East I for me personally I don't think we've seen this much balance when it comes to like the top 8 in a long long time
0: do you want to tell, do you want me to tell you statistically how the West is going to end up
1: um, according to the Kamel uh, Jaffa religion of yes. uh, please, please invite me <laughs>
0: so Obama supporting 538 says Rockets are going to be far and ahead 12 games ahead of the Lakers um, who will then go next the Warriors the Clippers the Nuggets the Jazz the Pelicans the Mavericks and then the Trailblazers that'll be a very strong team
1: um, the Thunder of course having lost Westbrook you know how low are they? Are they 15th? No, surely not. That would be Phoenix, wouldn't it? No, no. They'll, they'll be around 10th. They'll be fighting for 10th. No, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd imagine they're much
0: lower, to be honest. No, I think the likes of the Kings, Grizzlies, even the Suns have made some improvements, but they're not as good as the Thunder. You don't think the Kings are as good as the Thunder? Um, You might want Kings. to tell me. The Kings were very exciting last year, I'll admit that, but... Didn't I'm not sure. Around
1: the nine or ten seed, Camell last year.
0: Yeah, but who have they added?
1: Yes, but the, that that whole team is youth. They're they're going to develop on the off season. Like De'Aaron Fox is already arguably a top ten point guard in the league already, and uh, that's true. Uh, but I'd he would say maybe he's up. surpassed Chris Paul now in terms of productivity across the whole season because there's no way in hell that broken body of Chris's is going to last 82, 82 games. And without him, that team is going to be absolutely lost, I believe.
0: Yeah, you might be... You know what? You might be fully right, and that's something you've got to cite in the next episode. Yeah. I'm going to cite one team, though, and I know it's everyone's now favourite hipster team, but it's the Pelicans. Because the Pelicans are going to be the team that everyone wants to watch. Of course, they're playing opening night against the Raptors, in which the Raptors will get their rings. But the Pelicans, of course... I mean, they've got a starting lineup of Lonzo... Drew Holiday, Ingram, Zion. I mean, they could choose from anyone. Reddick, Derek Favors, Josh Hart, Edwin Moore. Oh, it's 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 a very exciting, powerful lineup. It's not really a three-point shooting lineup, exception of Reddick. But you know what? I see a lot of playmaking in that.
1: And of course, you got Zion. And of course, you've got Zion. Is it confirmed now that Drew is going to be playing shooting guard? Because of course, I think he's had previous experience there
0: yeah he has and um again 538 suggests that he's going to play about half his time at shooting guard maybe he'll play backup point guard as well and if he needs to fill in at small forward
1: then fill in at small forward yeah um we'll see how that works because again drew's not the best three-point shooter so um I think you do of course want Lonzo to be the primary, primary floor general just because you want to maximise his strength and um, I don't think off ball is a particular strength of Lonzo's at the moment um, something he needs to work on but um, like you said man that team for sure from the first minute of next season they're going to be all fun to watch
0: that's all you want in the NBA especially with a team I think maybe they'll go 6th or 7th in the West but again that's That's something for next episode. One interesting team. This is a team that made the Western Conference Finals last year. And, you know, they got swept, of course. Um, We haven't got our Blazers, Blazer Correspondent (laughs) on today. Actually sleeping right now. Which is very unprofessional. Pathetic. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? Um, dedication. It's not at all. But the Blazers have pretty much the same team as last year. Maybe the exception of Jouzouf Nurkic, who will come back halfway through the season. Yeah. However, they picked up Pau Gasol. They picked up, of course, Hassan Whiteside to replace him. Um, they've got the likes of... Af- uh, they drafted Nasir Little. They've got Anthony Simons, who really impressed towards the end of last season. Although he didn't get much of a playoff run. But their full st- strength rotation is very strong. It's a very strong combination of guards and big men the only place where they'll struggle as they have struggled in the last five or so years is that small forward, in which case, you know, the likes of Durant, LeBron, those sort of Western teams. Well, of course, Durant's in the East now, but you know, the likes of Kawhi, Paul George, you know, are going to feast on it. Yeah. But they're a pretty strong team and I think they're going in quite underrated this season just because, okay, they got swept by the Warriors but they led for the war against the Warriors for more time than the Warriors led against them, if that makes sense. Yes,
1: and... Um, I would f- to say that they're underrated at this point. Um, I think in pre- seasons past they have been overlooked and people haven't put them as high as say the third or fourth seed uh, which they have gone a, f- a couple of times in the past few years the expectations with uh, the tra- uh, Trailblazers is exactly as you said without that player to match up one on one with those superstars at the forward positions you're not going to win a title. It's not feasible. However much Dane wants to go off, um, I think their biggest problem is his contract because it's it's such a juxtaposition because he's worth every single cent of that contract. But with that contract, fifty million a year. I didn't even know that was the max salary uh, anymore. I I thought it'd be around the forty million mark. It's, it's absurd at, the, at this moment. But with if you're going to keep McCollum and Nurkic you're never, ever going to be able to get above an average forward. So... Can Ken, Ken, Ken Baysmore can't match up with the best of them? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> need I say more?
0: That's more than fair. So, before we wrap up this podcast, and uh, this has been a sort of whirlwind look, we've sort of ignored a lot of teams, especially towards the bottom. Is there anyone sort of in the lower reaches who might be worth watching or just might be worth keeping an eye on for how good or bad they might be this season. The Suns. The Suns. You just said it the same <laughs> time. And I guess that's because of a couple of key trades that went through. Uh. Of course, they Ricky Rubio, the um Ricky you know, Rubio, often referred to as the most assist-worthy player in the NBA. Mm. He just dimes all day.
1: He had a very good shooting performance at the um World Championship as well. I believe he shot above 35% in every game. It, I think he was all above forty percent maybe for the whole tournament. So he had an excellent is that, performance. Is that the same three point line in FIBA? It that's does, the thing, it? it's it's the um European three point line, I believe.
0: Oh really? Well that might explain why the Americans struggled a little bit. But let's anyway, oh, that's a conversation. Yeah,
1: adjusting, yeah, yeah.
0: Um but, no, they, pick, I mean, they picked up some veterans, which is weird. They picked up Saric, who's, you know, played in the League of Viewers. Frank the Tank, Kominsky, oh. is now
1: Phoenix's son. Makes no uh, sense, you've, man. Got, you've
0: got Evan Booker, of course, who's sort of been a great player on a trash team for a couple of years now. DeAndre Ayton will carry on his development. But I think one player in particular could actually launch the Suns above every single Team in the West, I think the Suns could win the whole West because of Aaron Baines.
1: Aaron, yeah, Aaron, motherfucking Baines.
0: Aiton is kind of blocking his path right
1: now, which is a bit unfortunate because you know he's a he's a superstar, Mister Baines. But the, the thing is, I know you're joking, but he he does deserve more minutes. It is unfortunate he's going to be playing backup, but it's really the, the trade that Flabberg asked me was trading away TJ Warren. That uh, at that point. he's He's an old, cold souled man. Yeah, uh, that was nice. So to, what... Nice to finish off by sitting in the sun. Oh wow, we went
0: through this whole episode without an expletive word. Now I have to put an NSWF tag
1: on this. God, uh, you always. God. It's 2019, man. I I, I need to shut my mouth. Well, you know what, mate? I'll end with an even better
0: one, and I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs> next Tuesday. Varel, you'll get that when you listen back. Um, To all the listeners, however, thank you very much for tuning in. We're back, and we're back on iTunes, we're back on Podcast Addict, we're back on wherever you listen to your podcast. And we are going to be in here with our predictions very soon, and then, of course, we've got the NBA season, and we'll be rolling right through throughout. I'm reporting live from Scotland. Varel is reporting live from Sheffield.
1: We're and so we are taking our- we are national now.
0: We are national. We also might be bringing in a few special British basketball league analysis podcasts, but you know, that's just you know, if you go on our Patreon, maybe donate some cash sponsors, <laughs> that might be an option as well. We'll get some media passes this cash, for that. I'm not going to be seeing. <laughs> sorry? Um no, sorry. Sorry, the the cash goes to a special account which <laughs> which yeah which yeah you don't see at all (laughs) maybe when I give you a promotion the real promotion then then you can have a portion but for now I think as temporary co-host you're still on a casual contract you know
1: you don't deserve it I don't I don't I'm sorry for um, even suggesting it
0: well thanks for tuning in we are just about to hit the 25 minute mark so before we do let's say goodbye
1: yeah, enjoy your week, people. H- I had a blast today.
0: I, I, you know what, I did as well. It's always a blast talking to you,
1: bro. Oh man, that warms my heart. Likewise, brother. So well. Uh...